Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Hope you're having a good week. As I record this, Carl and Lindsay are at a neighborhood restaurant in my neighborhood (laughs) having dinner. And I'm tempted to just go in there, but um, I don't want to seem like a crazy person. Also, Luke is in town visiting Ashley, and they were spotted on 14th Street in D.C., a couple blocks from me, um, grabbing drinks at Pearl Dive and that had dinner at Barcelona Wine Bar. I am here for their relationship. I feel like Luke is such a nice guy and a really good match for Ashley. I feel like she hasn't had a truly nice guy in a really long time. And I don't know, maybe I'm jumping ahead of myself, but I would love to see Luke on The Real Housewives of Potomac. I just, I would get such a kick out of it. And I think he would love the women on the show. Absolutely. Like, get along with them and all the guys as well. So we'll see what happens. So Ryan Bailey is on the podcast this week. We have such a hilarious conversation. I hope you don't mind the audio. He was driving through Arizona while we were talking. So it's um, it's such a great listen. We when we were chatting about BravoCon, he was describing it as like one bizarre bizarre thing after another. But that also reminds me of Salt Lake City. I feel like the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City can only be described as one bizarre thing after another. I can never predict what's to come. I mean, Heather having auditions for a choir. And Whitney and Angie Harrington showing up in flapper dresses with a coordinated dance for a choir, like, tryout? Choir! That's actual singing, not dancing. <laughs> like, And it's supposed to be, they're supposed to sing hymns and stuff. I <laughs> just... <laughs> I don't know. It is just the most bizarre show ever. And I am just laughing the whole time I'm watching it because I'm like, this is insane. Like, this is absolutely insane. If someone who had never seen Housewives saw their first episode of Housewives and it was the real Housewives of Salt Lake City, like, I don't know. (laughs) I can only imagine their reaction. In fact, I am tempted to have someone on the show who has never watched an episode of Housewives and just watched like this season of Salt Lake and give their give their take. All right, before jumping into this week's chat with Ryan, just another quick PSA. If you haven't already voted, please go ahead and vote in this Tuesday's upcoming midterm elections. It is so important to make your voice heard. Again, that's just for people who live in the U.S. and are eligible to vote. Um, but all over the world, I, I hope you guys participate in elections um, when they're available to you because... I don't know. I just think it's so important to have a say in what's going on. And there's just so many things that seem to feel like they're kind of out of our control. But something that we can control is using our voice and making it heard through our vote. 
As always, if you like this podcast, go ahead and give it a rating of five stars and leave a kind review. If you have any comments or constructive criticism, my DMs are always open. You can reach out to me at Mandy Slutsker on Twitter and Instagram. I really, truly do appreciate hearing from all of you. We will take a quick break and then back with Ryan Bailey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I am here with Ryan Bailey, who you all know from, he's the host of the hit podcast, So Good It's Bad. Wait, sorry, let me start over. So bad. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody does this. Everybody leave, no, leave this in. This is, I got I to gotta change the name to my dang podcast because everybody does the same damn thing. And I'm like, oh my God. And I, then I don't even correct people half the time because I'm like, yeah, I guess that is the name of my pod. You know, like it is, I guess it's a tough name. Like it's, it's not like everybody does that. It's not your fault. It's as like, it's soon uh, it's, as the words left my mouth. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I do that all the time. I am so uh, scared to like screw up people. Like, I'll, like there'll like be certain names that are hard for me to pronounce, like because of my Midwestern twang sometimes. And I'll like, and and the moment I think I'm going to have a hard time with it, I immediately screw it up. Always. Always. Names like Slutsker. <laughs> yeah, Slutsker, yes. Or like I, my friend Michelle Konstantinovsky. Oh, yeah. She's, she's a writer. And like I, all, she's, I love her, but I always screw up her last name because in my head, I, like, I almost tell myself I'm going to screw it up. She is so fantastic, and I met Alyssa Mass through her, and I know she was I, on so your podcast. I just podcast. talked to her this week. I know. Yeah, she was amazing. We, she was so cool. She's so fantastic. We actually had, I think, brunch when I was in L.A. last, so she's such a lovely person. No, I, I had the best conversation with her, and it was – sorry that we're already going full speed here, guys. But, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, loved, I loved her because, it, you know – it's a difficult topic to talk about these kind of disorders or things that they highlight in reality shows. But at the same time, we don't get like full stories on these, even though they affect so many women and guys and all of this stuff. So it's fascinating to talk to somebody, I mean, who was even cut out of Beverly Hills talking to Crystal Minkoff about her eating disorder. You know, it's like, these are real issues that put the real and real housewives and I think these are the stories that, like, yeah, we love Sprinter Van Drama and we love that. But, like, we, they, you know, we can elevate the material sometimes. And for me, it makes me it, it makes it a more powerful show when you actually see these people face their issues, you know? Totally. I was really disappointed to hear that it was cut out, especially because Crystal had such a like interesting and very common story, which is that she wasn't quote unquote sick enough to need hospitalization, but yet yeah. she was struggling this whole time. And I think most people <laughs> that that's their experience with disordered eating. Oh, 
Well, listen, I mean, I, I brought up on that podcast that I have, you know, like there were times, uh, well, listen, like it's just interesting because, and I know this might not be as common for men, but I constantly, I have body dysmorphia. I constantly, uh, I used to, I mean, this is now, I mean, this is over like 15 years ago. I, I would binge and purge like that. I mean, Mm -hmm. it wasn't, I think there was about a, uh, I would say there was a six months month period and, you know, you find yourself in this kind of habit of like, okay, well, I want to overeat, but if I overeat, I have to do this so I can be okay with the overeating. You, you make all these weird excuses, or I was making these weird excuses for myself, but at the same time, I knew that, like, I was able to stop that. And, but at the same time, it doesn't stop the psychological aspect of that, where I still struggle with body image with you know and I, I mean thank god i'm a podcaster and not on tv but i struggle with that on a daily basis i mean like seriously like there's not a day that goes by where i'm not negative about some form of my body like this i i'm, I'm so happy there's a body positivity movement but i can't seem to join in on it because it is it's really it's something you i realize these things that we deal with and we see in real housewives we struggle with these for the rest of our lives, you know? Totally. It's so common and it's so difficult. And you feel guilty. At least I feel guilty when I'm upset with my body because I'm like, well, look at all these amazing things that it does for me, you know? And Yeah, yeah well, yeah. Yeah, Mandy. Yeah, sure. But come on. I've never seen it. I, wait, wait. Hey, buddy, where's one of my apps? I've, I've never seen an app. Like, <laughs> can you produce an app for me? Like, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to walk and breathe and all of that stuff. But like, would it be, would it kill you to give me an app? Like it is just, I mean, I, I, you, you've, I've been blessed with other things, but it is sometimes it's hard not to get frustrated. I mean, that's the thing with anything though. We're supposed to like look on the bright side, appreciate this and, you know, three things every morning that I'm grateful for. And like, I am grateful for so much, but at the same time, I think in the society, we want so much more for ourselves or, or we compare ourselves to these housewives or these reality stars. And in the reality of that reality, they're, they're not aspirational anymore. Would you want to have Erica Jane's life? No, no. Oh man. Her especially. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, she is getting a lot of sex according to Erica Jane. So, well, I don't think anyone believes her. Even Teddy even joked. No, on her no, podcast. I don't believe her at all. <laughs> you know, no, it's she like would have to be getting, she makes up everything. Up. You know, no one's met any of these guys. Like she talks a big game. She always has, and she lies through her teeth over and over and over again. I mean, I would love if one we did see that's what I kept saying. Like, why can't we see a shadowy figure enter her house? Like, I don't need to see the guy. I don't need to see the guy's face, right. but at least like show us that like somebody is sneaking into your house to have sex with you. You know, the, she talked about on the reunion, like, you know, I have a roster of guys, a roster of guys. Like that sounds like the saddest baseball team ever of like the team that has to like have sex with Erica Jane on the regular, like talk about an, a not winning season. Did you hear that rumor that she was hooking up with Scooter Braun when he was married? Yeah. Yeah. So that was, I mean, that's a, that's a pandemic rumor too, but okay. like, I remember that 
I remember that during the pandemic. And I think it was started off as like a Dumois blind potentially. And I, you know, listen, I know sex clubs exist. I'll net like, even if I had access to one, I just, I, there's, I, I'm too insecure to be a part. Like, I mean, talk about my worst nightmare would be a, a, a sex club. Like, cause then you just be comparing yourself to other people and like, am I doing good? And like, I would just apologize a bunch, but like, I just can't imagine like, listen, Erica Jane's an attractive lady, but there is no, I mean, maybe it's just cause I know her from the show. Like I don't find her sexually intriguing at all. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, I like, I, I, get, I like Scooter Braun. Like really Erica Jane, like no offense to Erica Jane. She's a, a, an attractive lady, but I, you know, I don't know. It just, that didn't really add up for me in so many different ways. Most of these blinds don't add up for me, <laughs> especially all the rumors about no, Beverly I mean, Hills. And, and, yeah. I mean, and that's the sad thing is that the blinds are what sells, you know, like the blind, like if you, if we both did podcasts about his blind items, you know, uh, top of the charts, like we'll, we'll, we'll blow it up. But like, the, it's just that I've seen too many blinds. I've seen too many blinds just not be true because like I want this to be true. I want blinds to be true. And unfortunately, like 80% of the time they're not. And then you just feel like an idiot. Right. And they can be harmful. I mean, I did an episode with Danielle from Brands by Bravo, and we dug really deep into the Diana Jeffrey Epstein rumors and her book. Yeah, And it all goes back to one blind item from 2012. Was it from NT Lawyer? I don't remember. Was it, was it from Crazy NT Days and Nights? Probably. It was about like Room 23 and all that. There was literally no Jeffrey Epstein of it all. That was like later when people found a picture of a blonde woman with Jeffrey Epstein. It actually wasn't even her. So all of these rumors. I, I, but, but I've seen that picture. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll go by what Diana says, but that picture did look a lot like her. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that look like her who all got the same plastic surgery. Yeah. I know. Well, I mean, like every everybody looks like the Kardashians right, right. now. But also, but also, it does not... Listen, just because you get a picture around Jeffrey Epstein doesn't mean you did... Doesn't mean you are a part of trafficking. Like, exactly. You know, and the, the, the sad truth of it is Jeffrey Epstein was a multi, multi, multi-millionaire that helped out a lot of very, very rich people. So he has pictures with a lot of people, not only the Trumps, but the Clintons and everybody, like celebrities, all that stuff. So, you know, it, it doesn't mean just because you get a picture. I mean, shit, I have a picture taken uh, with Shannon Bedore. Does that mean I'm Shannon Bedore's lover? You know, like, no. <laughs> John Jansen would be very upset with you. <laughs> oh, John, John, John Jansen. <laughs> I met John Jansen at BravoCon. It was How a huge was he? Like, he was he was actually very shocked that I wanted a picture. And I on my podcast, I used to well, I do when I, I recap OC sometimes, and I would always do an angry "I'm John Jansen" because he always <laughs> seems like he's like underneath the surface, potentially angry. Like David Bedore, you could read it on his face immediately that he was angry. But John Jansen, I love him. Like, he just, I would just do this very angry imitation of John Jansen just because he seems like he could bubble over the surface at any point. And, like, even when I asked him for a picture, I was like, 
oh shit, is he about to get mad at me? But then he was like, oh cool. And he was, he was a really nice guy. But I, in my head, I like to imagine him as potentially always about to explode. Well, I mean, Shannon is always about to explode, so that exactly. makes sense. <laughs> and then remember that bro- the, I mean, rest in peace, Brian and Sean's marriage. But remember that renewal ceremony, and they had a hotel, and they kept going back to their hotel room to refill their drinks. Yeah, that was Shannon pretty dark. and John. Yeah, it was very dark, and the kids were there, and I was like, these guys, are, these guys read to me as that couple, you know, that are like professional drinkers. That they just they start drinking around one, you know, and they're still doing work and they're still having a good, you know, but they keep progressing back to getting another drink. And like, I mean, I've seen couples like that. And from that episode, it painted them like that. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how this next season of OC goes. Going back to BravoCon, who was your like among your top favorite people that you met there? I got uh God. You know what I mean? Like, and this is the lame answer, and then I'll give you a better answer. The lame answer really were the other Bravo content creators. That's what and, I thought. Uh, yeah. uh, that was kind of mind blowing. You know, whether it be like Kaya from Bravo Wild Black, or uh, I mean, I met uh, Sam, Bravo historian, finally. I mean, Real Moms of Bravo, I got to see all of that cards uh haters or hate you know like i got to see all of these people that i talk with online so much and 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 i kind of feel like they're co-workers in a way on instagram and i all of a sudden got to hang out with them and i thought it would be so much weirder than it actually turned out to be it actually you know it was kind of like you got over that meeting in, in the first few seconds and then just went back to joking about what you usually joke about online but in person uh, the other people were just the listener. Like I was shocked the amount of people that, you know, came up to me and said they listened to the show. I was shocked to me that they even recognized I me. Mean, like Friday was, I was full. Like, I, I mean, it was so shocking to me that my whole body turned to sweat. Like I was sweating so hard once the first person came up to me to get a picture with me. And I was like, are you, are you kidding me? I didn't expect that. So I wasn't mentally prepared and I was really happy about that, but it was really like, holy shit. And it just made me so nervous on top of that, having to meet Sutton, like, no, it was just that Friday that was a photo was hilarious. Well, yeah. I mean, dude, I would like, that was, if you see that, you guys go to my Instagram, like go back to BravoCon, but it's like, you can tell my hair is sopping wet. And just imagine that, but imagine your whole body like that. So my suit jacket was wet. So like, (laughs) and all of a sudden I've made all of these inside jokes all season long that I'm going to like marry Sutton and that I want to date Sutton and I've, you know, all of this. So I, and I, I think I said to her, like, I'm Ryan Bailey from So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. And I thought she knew me because she'll sometimes like comment on something that I do or, you know, she'll, uh, you know, but not. And so either she knows me and she hates me or she just didn't hear what I was mumbling and just saw a big sweaty guy. <laughs> either way, the pic, the picture is like, I'm closing my eyes in the picture. Like I did guys like that Friday between people noticing who I was 
at getting that picture with Sutton, it was full bad news bears. I felt like the, and that's what I think that if there's any, any charm to my show, I was talking about this today on today's episode. I said, is that you just don't know if I'll be able to come through or not. Like there's 50% chance that it's going to be great and everything's going to be lovely and you're going to laugh and have the best time. And then there's a 50% chance that I'm going to completely tank it. And I think that tightrope I walk is potentially fascinating for the listener. No, you are so... uh, We've met in real life and you're lovely. (laughs) I think you met one of my friends also at BravoCon. She said she went up to you. Did I push her? Get away from me. That's the other other thing. I was like, like, wouldn't it be funny if I did create like a persona of like... I, I I was like, oh, maybe next BravoCon. But I was like, it would be funny if you... I don't, anyway, it was just... The whole like Lindsay thing, with her fans? I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, whole, but the reality of that situation was, and I keep taking... You know, they had that first day article that it was like Firefest, And I was like, F you. Like, just it was that one Beverly Hills panel that everybody rushed. Other than that, I saw people having the time of their lives. I had the time of my life. I mean, I, I was going like, listen, the, the bad part about it is I basically got zero sleep. I was trying to put out content. I lost my, my wallet and recording equipment. So I, I like I really mucked it up in the good old so bad it's good way. But at the same time, the good so outweighed the negative. Like I had so many awesome conversations with listeners, with uh, just normal Bravo fans uh, I had nor- uh, a great, like I was staying at the same hotel that all the Bravo Lebs were at. So every night I would be upstairs at the, uh, the rooftop bar, just fucking like watching, like talk. I was watching Jen Shaw dance at one point, which oh is God. just <laughs> insane. It was like, it, it was like, it just didn't feel real. Like Shep asked me for mushrooms at one point. Like I, it was just bizarre. <laughs> like it was, and you're, and all, and then like, then it was even weirder things. Like Brian Baumgartner, the guy who plays Kevin on the office was upstairs all of a sudden and he's out smoking a cigarette and I was like vaping. And I'm like, why am I talking to Kevin from the office? Like, why is he even here? And then I found out later that he's like, I think he went to school as chef. Yeah. And apparently he hooked up with Catherine Dennis. Yes. Yes. She would do <laughs> She, she was out there with us when we were smoking. It was like, it was, it was, it, it was like Emily D. Baker, the uh, lawyer uh, on YouTube, and she has a podcast. She's awesome. But like, she's the one that, like, at that party yanked me. It was like, you've got to come with me now. Jen Shaw is dancing. And I was like, no, she, Jen Shaw's here. And then all of a sudden, she drags me over, and I'm just watching Jen Shaw drop it like it's hot with like Cherie Whitfield. And I'm just like, oh, like not a care Jen Shaw has. I was flabbergasted. And then you had Freddie Mellencamp or Teddy or Freddie as I call her. Like she's up there like a roving reporter trying to get information and Tamara's there. I mean, it was the, the last night was hysterical. It was like up and at him live from YouTube. Me, uh, Emily D. Baker again, the girls from the Bravo docket. And it was like, Caroline Stanberry, her husband, Sergio, but Vicky Gungelson was on one side of Sergio and Meredith Marks was on the other. And Caroline Stanberry was like, those la- he's giving those ladies the time of their lives. <laughs> and I was cracking up. I mean, I was like, I was, it was, it was just too much. Like, it was like, 
this is insane. This isn't real. And by the way, you know, like your podcast, is this real life? You know? Right. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like how when all of your realities mesh, you know, the people that you talk to, the people that listen to the podcast, the people that you watch on TV are all in the same place. That's wild. I mean, it was, it was, it was flying too close to the sun. I'm glad I made it out with my life. And the, the well, and that, and it all started off on Thursday night because I was like, working with direct tv for a couple of things uh you know and thankfully that was able to make let me afford my trip but the thursday night they had this direct tv party and it's like like kathy hilton Teresa giudici whitney uh from salt lake and ashley from potomac and like all of a sudden i'm in a conga line with kathy and because they wanted to like give her her conga line, and it, I mean, you're just like, wait, what the f is going on right now? And then Newsweek interviewed me about that the next day. Like, flipping Newsweek wanted to get the reaction of what it was like to dance in Kathy Hilton's conga line, and I was just like, my dad, my dad, the only magazine subscription my dad ever had was Newsweek. <laughs> So I was like, I was like, Dad, I'm in Newsweek, and he, you know, he's cutting he the like, clips yeah, out, so, putting it on the refrigerator. Well, well he, he was like, yeah, but it's because of the housewives. It's not, you know, it's like it's not nothing good. You're in there for the house. No, I'm joking. <laughs> he was, he was very proud, but it was just, it was just one bizarre thing after another. Like it was just, it, but, but I go. I mean, I'm going. I'll go back next year and the year after. I mean, it was truly truly a a wild crazy awesome experience i can't wait to go next year i had a wedding this year and couldn't make it and was just watching all of the clips with jealousy so i'm so so excited i hope it's in new york again i absolutely love new york city too i I, i'm hearing that they were like talking about doing it in different cities and i think that would be a real loss if they didn't do it in new york i mean just listen i live in los angeles so i see it all the time but to be in New York, it was such a special, I don't know, there's, I mean, maybe it's just also, I haven't traveled to too many places since uh, COVID and stuff, and it's like Arizona or Los Angeles, and it's like, it's just, you, man, it's like, New York's such a romantic city, it's, it was so beautiful, and it's, you know, it was just like, I didn't even know where I was half the time, like, but you would just look up and see these beautiful buildings, and it was just, it was so nice to get out of Los Angeles. And it just felt, I don't know, it just felt very special. Oh, I'm, thank you for sharing all of that. I am living vicariously through you and was following all of your updates and they were hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Guys, because I do a Patreon and I didn't, like, I always think I have to need, I need to do these big episodes on Patreon. And then somebody, maybe it was like Medici or Sandra, goes, just do some voice notes. So I was just plugging my AirPod in and I would just do these like 10 minute updates and it, it got bigger and bigger as the weekend went on, but I just kept putting updates. But these updates were like almost for me too, because I would forget things like, or I would be like, did that really happen? Like I, right. I was trying to rem- like, remember that like, I'm like at the, one of the final ones on Sunday night, I was like down at, at the bar of the hotel and I'm watching Gary from below deck sailing yacht hit on these just straight random girls and i'm like i can this guy gary is so fucking charming 
that I can see why everybody hooks up with them on sailing yacht, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, the the voice notes were incredible because, like, I don't always have time to listen to a full episode of anything. And so these, like, quick bits, I was like, oh, I can, like, pop in, you know, and, like, listen to yeah. five minutes of what was going on. And it just made me a little bit jealous. But I, I had a great time at the wedding anyhow. Um, want to... Yeah, by the, by the oh, way, yeah. what, a, what a downer for that wedding. <laughs> I please tell me you told the bride and groom like I'm missing Bravo confidence. Oh, by the way, they knew that, um, and they actually were on season. What was what season is it of Potomac? Is it seven? They were on season six of Potomac, and like there was like a joke the whole time about not being low budget. <laughs> Because they just watched that episode. So they were like, next year. And then some of the, these other guests, my friends, Chris and Peter, we all talked about like, next year, we're going to be at BravoCon this weekend. Because it's always that weekend in October. And Is it know, really? Is it, has it been the same weekend? That was the weekend it was supposed to be the year before when it got canceled. And I actually was at a wedding that weekend, too. <laughs> Well, I don't I mean, know. It's you a, just got to tell people now, like, stay off that as a I, wedding. I did. I told all my friends. Okay. I'm like, you can't get married the second weekend in October. I will not come. <laughs> well, so, one, of my friends is, one of my friends is talking about, I mean, like, as a last minute thing, getting married this New Year's Eve. And I'm just like, what a ballsy thing to do. Like, what a ballsy thing. Like, I mean, like, are you just I lying? like that, like, I mean, though. Why I, do went, you see, I feel like that's, that's like, a lot to ask. I mean, Listen, and by the way, you're speaking to somebody that's pretty much done nothing the last three New Year's Eves. But to me, I'm like, wow, that's like a big ask of somebody, you know? Yeah, I went to a New Year's Eve like, wedding. spend your New Year. And they made it so fun. Like, the party was like a mix of a wedding and a New Year's party. So there was New Year's gear everywhere. There was like photo booth. There was dancing. There was a huge thing watching the ball drop. So. Okay. They okay, made it well, like that, a, that doesn't sound too bad. I just, I, you know, I was just like a desti- It's already a destination wedding oh, on top yeah. of New Year's, and you're like, wow, you guys. Like, I wouldn't like. I listen. I I held my wedding on a Friday night. I'm, I'm divorced now, you guys. Which, by the way, is probably why because I had a wedding on a Friday night. <laughs> but like, I was in California. I didn't really like. My parents had to come from Arizona. You know. Yeah, this wedding was on a Friday too. The one that I went to was in Telluride. And then on Saturday, they wanted everyone to go on a hike. <laughs> wow. I could barely well, walk up the stairs in that altitude, let alone hike. Hey, listen, that's what affected Kathy Hilton at the, uh, the, I'm, the Caribou I'm Club. telling that's you, once I had that experience, I understood her meltdown. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, I mean, by the way, like, I don't think anybody at this point is arguing Kathy Mel like Kathy Hilton definitely had a meltdown, but also every one of those ladies have had meltdowns. It's just that the difference between Kathy and them is that Kathy's wasn't on tape, but like right. every, like Lisa Rinna had eight meltdowns this season alone. Like what? I mean, I don't understand. Like, so what you guys all talk shit about each other. Like, I don't understand like the the where it gets dicey for me is if she did start dropping like slurs. That's where it gets dicey for me. Where I'm like, well, that's not cool. I hate that. But everything else, I'm like, Lisa, you literally threatened Sutton that you would you would hunt her down if she ever like. I mean, you're allowed to just straight up threaten people like that. Yep, because her mom died. <laughs> 
Sorry. It, that really pisses no. me off. And by, the way, and by the way, it pisses me off just because my mom is sick right now. Right. And first off, for her, to, for her to use cancer and like, if I don't know, if I hold it in, I might get cancer. And I asked, I, I asked my mom, my mom, I go, hey, hey, is there something you held in about me? And that's why you're dealing with cancer right now. I mean, I was making her laugh, but you know, it's such a bullshit thing. And that's why, that's why Lisa, like, I feel like who once was like the bell of the ball is losing fans right and left because at a certain point, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Too, Too much. You know, it's like, we know we do need a little real in our reality. And with Lisa this season, and I know you can point towards grief, but she's done it two seasons before this. It's just getting further and further away from reality and more of like one of those caricatures you you draw at a circus where yeah. they you give them twenty bucks and they do exaggerated painting of your nose and all of this stuff and it's like well it kind of looks like Rena but it's yeah. really different. She's frustrating to me because I think she's got a serious social media addiction that is really like dark and scary that she gets. Oh, I mean, by, wait. By the way, that's what I. My social media is dark and scary. So I get that part of her, you know, like I'm like, yeah, that's why I know she has a problem because I have the same problem. But she's got to it's like if you're going to say I I compared her yesterday to and not uh, to the uh, Lisa Rinna is the uh, I said, no, I said Kanye is the Lisa Rinna of Twitter because Kanye went on Twitter yesterday and one of his bullshit rants like because he's allowed to post there again and said he's taking a 30 day cleanse of like talking to people of having sex. And then of course he went on after saying he was taking a 30 day cleanse of not talking to people. He went on to put up 12 more tweets. And I'm like, that is so Lisa Rinna of like, I'm done talking about housewives. And then she won't stop talking about housewives. Because she can't. She can't. She can't stop. It's like a tick. Uh, Yeah. I just I've stopped engaging and listening and she just are, needs... are you dis are you disengaging like Meredith Martin? <laughs> yes, from Beverly Hills. It's over. The season is over. I don't need to hear anything about offset. Yeah, let me let us let let us be. Yeah. Let us go back to our lives. Like please release us. That's why I think please stop like I just have a feeling every week it's gonna be something new about the season. Like she literally said she was upset this week also that they didn't put this one drawing of Lois in the show. It's, and I'm like, wait, what? <sighs> like, what, what are you talking about? Like, first off, Lois was universally loved. Second off, I feel like she got brought up a great deal. Now, if you wanted an hour-long Lois special, you're not going to get that because most people aren't going to get that on these shows. When, when any of these housewives, if they ever, sadly enough, pass away, you'll get an hour long special for an actual housewife. Our parents mean the world to us. And I understand that emotion, but there's only so many times that evolution can put Lois in this show in tribute. And I feel like we've done it ad nauseum. And now it's getting to a point where it's like, I think that you're embarrassing Lois at this point. Oh, for sure. Like how she's using it. Like Lois's death as an excuse to be really, really mean to Sutton is, is sickening to me. But enough I mean, on Lisa yeah. Rinna. I want to pivot. No, <laughs> I'm so over her. Um, I want to get your thoughts on this week's Potomac. 
So we finally got their taglines. Are any of them your favorite? Uh, I got to tell you, I... Well, uh... Wait, what was just what was Giselle's again? Giselle's is I'm pretty petty and always sitting on ready. Ashley's is you may think you know my story, but there's always a plot twist. Robin's is when it comes to the truth, I always arrive <laughs> on time. Candace, <laughs> my vocals are clean, but my reads are for filth. Mia, this makes me laugh. I may not remember everything, but you'll never forget me. Wendy, I'm a Nigerian queen with no time for mean. And Karen, just like a three-wick candle, I burn slowly and never waver. I, you know what? I gotta, like, for as much as I love these ladies, like, I did read those taglines earlier. And I gotta tell you, like, I, I don't, I don't think I'm in love with any of them. Maybe Candace's. Candace's, I like. You know, but other than that, like, like, listen, I, I'm always for a good three week, three wick candle moment and a joke, but I don't know. For some reason, the taglines, especially from Potomac, did not do it for me. But I will say, I love the show. I mean, like, I'm loving. Oh, it's like so somebody, good. Some, somebody was trying to tell me who was it. Somebody recently told me they weren't liking this season. And I'm like, what? first off, you're only four episodes in. Second off, what is not to like? Like each of these ladies, even the ones I don't like, they're all like giving something. Like I, I, I just, it d- depends on how you watch it. But like even like the fact that Dr. Wendy is an actual doctor, actually a professor, actually did all of these amazing things. But in reality, she wants to make candles and open up restaurants. Like, to me, that is darkly comic. Is that, like, <laughs> you have the realest job. that You have such an admirable brain, career, all of these things that I could never achieve in my life. But in the reality of it all, you want a new butt, new boobs, new this, new that, and also to release candles. Like, to me... It's like you have all this other shit like and that's what makes me sad about life is that you have the realest shit that any of those ladies have in some senses and you you don't you don't like it doesn't seem like you like any of the right. real stuff. Right. She's the least you, you want to be Yeah, you want to be in the restaurant biz. You want to be in the candle biz. You want to be and I'm like to me those are silly businesses. You tell me you're a professor somewhere? I fucking stand like my my buddy is a tenured professor at DePaul and and ever I fucking brag about him all the time. Like I, you know, I have a I, I have a a friend that's a professor at DePaul. He's tenured. He's the youngest tenured person they ever. You know, like I'll brag consistently about this dude because I I, I just can't believe it. Like that's I'm like wow. What a cool job, you know? I know. I know. I loved Wendy her first season, and I have fallen out of grace with her. I just, I feel like she's not being real on the camera. I actually don't think she's interested in candles or the Nigerian lounge. I feel like she just wants to have a storyline that's a business, and she thinks she needs to (laughs) leave this with a business, like leave Housewives with some sort of like money-making business. But none of those things are money-makers. No, and that's the sad thing is that the real moneymaker businesses, you know, I don't even know if they're really maybe lover boy, but you have to put years and years in of sweat and equity and all of the, 
I mean, you know, even Bethany Frankel, like, remember, we watched her hustle to get Skinny Girl off that launch pad. And remember now, Bravo signed a deal ever since Bethany. It's like the Bethany clause where any product line that gets launched now that Bravo uses, they get a percentage. Yeah, so, I think it's like 10%. It's 10%. So, you know, that also comes into play. But just remember, like, I truly believe Loverboy is around to stay. Yeah, I think it's at that Whole will Foods. eventually I think that will eventually get bought out by one of the big guys. And all of that work Kyle and his team put in will be totally worth it. But, you know, we even see how long that has taken and how much struggle and strife and relationships on the verge of ending happen because of these brands. I think a lot of these housewives walk in and they're like, okay, uh, uh, face cream, I can do that immediately. You already made it. Yeah, just because the name and the, you know, it's like you still have to have something worth selling. Right. Right. At the end of the day, and that's, and that's, why I that's go, a three wick candle. I, I with, <laughs> yeah, no, for me, I, I think they all got to go with feet fix. Sell yeah. feet fix. There's always a demand, uh, especially with the housewives. No, I don't mean like it's just frustrating because you're like, yeah, I get wanting to use your opportunities, but also like think 10 steps ahead. Think about your time off the show and what you'll still be proud to push. But it's just like NFL players. They can't think beyond the immediate. You oh, know? That's, 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 yeah, that's what I said. I said on the show the other day, I said, you know how like there's all this uh, now, you know, there's all this like these after uh, after the NFL programs for football players to help them manage their money and like what's next and trying to set them up. And I feel like the same needs to go for these housewives. Yes, and exactly. Because they, they need-, need somebody to be like, <laughs> the money doesn't last. It's only going to last this long. You're only going to get incremental um, raises each season. So this is what we need you to do. If you really want to live a life uh, without, you know, I mean, I just feel like somebody needs to sit them down and teach them some basic business. And the, First person in line should be Ashley Darby because I am having such a hard time watching her go through this separation with Michael and be so financially reliant on him. It worries me. Well, yeah, of course. Oh, wait, by the way, did you see on Watch What Happens Live last night? Luke said her and her and uh, him and Ashley are still in. Yeah, they like talk and FaceTime and yeah, he's going to visit yeah. her. Yeah. He asked her what he asked her what to wear and watch what happens live. Yeah, and she night. said white pants and he didn't listen. <laughs> well, yeah, cuz he cuz he knew Andy would like those. It's too I Andy gets Andy Andy really I re, I love when Andy crushes on the Summer House or Vanderpump guys. It's so yeah. funny. It's so funny. Um or we'll the get, Southern Charm guys. A little less on them, I think. <laughs> But um, what were your thoughts on Ashley and Michael's like divorce, how that all came to be? It was leaked to the press and she was forced to issue a statement. And do you think she was being really naive, holding it close to her chest and thinking it wouldn't leak? Yeah, of course. I mean, when, listen, just, just even if you follow the pattern of the Michael Darby leaks in terms of cheating and all of that stuff, and what a hoopla that was. Like, everybody's going to be after certain stories, and everybody's always going to keep their eye on certain people. And I just think that is blissful ignorance on Ashley's part. 
I mean, I was I was watching this documentary on Hulu uh, that just came out this week called God Forbid about the Jerry Falwell um, Jr. scandal. Oh, I don't know if yeah. you remember that from back yeah. in the day. Oh, yeah. it's fascinating, fascinating documentary. But it's like Michael Cohen, Trump's like ex lawyer fixer. You know, he put it together that why is this twenty year old hanging out with the Falwells all the time? When it turns out this 20 year old was pretty much was there to like have sex with Jerry Falwell's wife, Becky. And, you know, like he kept an eye on it. Like once once you give people a reason to keep their eye on you in a negative way, they're going to keep their eye on you. So I have I, I feel like she should have expected it 100 percent. Well, especially given like he's going out and acting like he's not even married and then what did did you think of him getting a vasectomy and then immediately heading to vegas (laughs) i mean that's way that's where you celebrate vasectomies by the way i would i i I hope nick cannon has the wisdom of michael darby one day because uh but but i mean i think it's like see but michael darby if he i mean you almost don't believe he's like a real person because it's so damn ridiculous. Like I'm thrilled. He he got a vasectomy. I don't want more little Michael Darby's running around. Um, But it's hysterical to go out and celebrate your vasectomy. Like what, what, I mean, it's just such a, it's such a bro thing to do, you know? I know it was. And then for him to think that Ashley wanted to get more children out of him. It's like, that's like, so gross. And, like, and, like, and is it like, Thompson. it's almost like he made it that she's trying to get money out of him. I'm like, you're going to be paying for those two kids already. You think she wants a third just so that she you can give her money? I don't know. That It's like, this is your wife. And this is what you think of her? I don't know. It just it rubbed me the wrong way. Um, so moving on to family fun day. <laughs> It had just about as much structure as Robin's life. Um, what <laughs> if you were organizing it? How would you would you do the same kind of thing? Just like here some potato sacks and have a good time? Or like would you put some effort into it? <laughs> no, I mean, but to me that's like I listen. I I would I wish I could say I would put more effort into it, but I'm so disorganized. That's why I like kind of. I don't admire Robin, but I relate to Robin and like, I wouldn't expect anything less from Rob. I wouldn't expect anything more from Robin, you know, like Robin, there's no part of that. That's, I, I like it because it's so Robin, you know, it's, it's so, so like, well, I thought it was so yeah. funny. I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, I'm like, the I love entire when scene. Like, are who they are, you know, like that's exactly who Robin is. And so that's what makes it like, Enjoy if it was like planned to the hill, I think I would have been bummed out, you know? Yeah, it was it was great. It reminded me a lot of Jackie's birthday party that she threw for the, like her kids when she just had these Amazon boxes of like <laughs> and she like threw them out and she's like, Take your goodies. <laughs> it was just yeah, I mean, oh so it, great. It, it, um it, well it's a, that's why I love these shows that you know, I think these shows could exist totally without having to have these not fake storylines, but like activity storylines, like even with like Salt Lake and Heather's choir, you know, like (laughs) you don't need these, but it's like funny because 
I, I was thinking this week of like, what would be my thing? Like, what would be like, cause you know, the producers go like, Heather, what, what are you, what have you done that you didn't get to do that you might want to do someday? And, you know, she's racking her brain and she's like, well, I do miss singing. And they're like, what if you did a choir? You know, it's like, you can see how they're like kind of not forced yeah. into it, but suggested into these storylines. And I was trying to think of like, what would I, what would, what would my awkward storyline activity be? Like, do you have one? Hmm. That's a good question. Well, like, so mine was, I was like, I did high school. I, I mean, I went to college for theater like I would end up making the ladies do a Shakespearean monologue. Okay, that would be fun. Like I would, and, and I would, I would, you know, each of them just like a or like a sonnet or something, and see if they could really. And I would try to give them a little coaching and see if they could do it. Now, to me, that is a horrible housewife storyline. But we've sat through so many of those. Yeah, you know, like we sit like so many of these. Like, okay, Heather, you really want to start a choir? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine would probably be something public health related, so it wouldn't be fun at all. <laughs> Maybe um, <laughs> like HIV outreach or syringe exchange. <laughs> wow. That, now that's a lot of, of fun storyline, yeah. Right? I mean, I used to volunteer with an organization in D.C. that went around in a van at night like throughout the entire night until six in the morning, giving out condoms and safer injection supplies. So wow. <laughs> can you imagine a van of housewives <laughs> doing that? Where, where, where were you when Michael Darby needed you? I know, right? Uh, but yeah, anyway, um, that's always interesting to see how these like storylines develop. And sometimes it's just like actual real stuff like Candace going through the IVF process. And, you know, egg freezing is something I've done. And I've had a number of cycles canceled. And it's just the worst feeling to know that like your body isn't doing what it's supposed to do. You feel like such a failure. And if hers yeah. stress related... I mean, that's really crappy. Yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, those are the, I mean, and those are actual real storylines. That, that's like real stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that, that's what I, I, I think, like, I'm glad we're able to have, I mean, like, those are painful storylines, but it makes you realize you are watching something real at the end of the day, you know? Very. What was so funny to me, though, is that Ashley Darby was like, well, I put you in my journal and I'm wishing baby dust for you. And Candace is like, what kind of voodoo is this? And I'm like, oh, that's sort of the toxic positivity of the IVF community where you're like, sprinkle baby dust. It's like, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> that was the worst of it. Like hearing people's sort of stories and it works for some people, but not me. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, but it's, it's, it's wild because that, you know, these are issues that affect like every, everybody, you know, yeah. and that, and that's, I mean, that's the, see, and that's what I, I keep asking myself when I was talking to that, uh, uh, Alyssa Mass that we were talking about earlier is what do you, what, what do you want to see on your housewife shows? Like, do you, I mean, cause I was talking to Heather McDonald the other day and she was like, I like when they're all together and they're all fighting. Okay. And I'm like, okay, totally. I do. I like that too. But where do we like, what's the line? 
what, how much real do we want to see? Do we want to see their families? Do we want to see their pain? Like I'm, I'm kind of like, if I like the housewife, I want to see it all. But where do you fall on that? I like seeing all of it and not just the pain, but the joy because life has so many ups and downs. And when you're with a character for a long time, and I know these are real people, but they feel like characters and you see their arc, right? From like rising from the ashes, you know, seeing Ashley Darby finally get out of this marriage that we all have hated watching her be in. And then maybe next season having you know, a new boyfriend or just like being happy on her own. I would love that. I I mean, l- listen, I would love, I would love Luke Gulbertson to move to DC. Man. I mean, <laughs> I am all for that. He is, he's probably my favorite person on Bravo. I just think he's such a nice person. And I love how he represents Minnesota because he reminds me of every guy I went to high school with, you know, like, oh yeah, I could like tap that tree. <laughs> like, yeah, I like Luke because I see that's why I got pissed that he's not on Summer House because I'm like, you need those characters that like might not bring the most excitement ever, but also is actively trying to be a better person. And like, even in the way he handled that situation with uh, the crypto girl, oh, you know, Jessica. like he genuinely, Jessica, yeah, like he genuinely didn't know he was doing, like, he was like, he, I don't know, like he was like, oh shit, like, I genuinely believed he wanted to do better. You know, like he was like, yeah. I had no idea I was making you that uncomfortable. How embarrassing. I hope that, um, you know, I hope I, I, I don't do that in the future kind of a thing, you know? Yeah. And he like let her talk and she was like, I don't want to hear what you have to say. I just want to talk at you. And he was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, he's like, I totally get it. Yeah. And then every they moved on. So it forced everyone else to move on. Like, getting into Winterhouse a bit, what do you make of sort of the fall from grace that Craig Conover has had on these shows? Because I feel like he's been edited a certain way and promoted a certain (laughs) way by Bravo. And then now we're watching him and he's not as kind or as funny or as charming as I think a lot of people maybe remember him in the earlier years of Southern Charm. Yeah, no, I mean, as a reality show lover, I love it. Like, I think it's hysterical. I mean, it's it's hysterical to think he is the king of the pillows and he has an empire. And it works for me on a comic level. But, I, you know, and it also works for me on, like, you know, is that we go through changes in life. Like, we start here and sometimes we get too full of ourselves and then hopefully we learn from that and we go on the other side of that, you know, like, and that's where I hope we get with Craig, but who knows? Like he's acting like such a dipshit that I just did not, I didn't even count on that. And I make fun of him all the time. And I just did not count on him paying money to like, you know, to, to Kyle and, and Lindsay to stay in the good room, you know? Oh, yeah, Kyle and Amanda. Yeah. Kyle and Amanda, yeah. He's, and then to watch Paige have to, like, I think when she was crying this episode, it's not as much about how she's frustrated, but about how it's going to be when everyone watches this. Yeah, yeah that's exactly, <laughs> yeah. Because she's another one that, oh, no. she. I mean, she's hyper aware. And that's what it shocks me, too, because I always believe Craig is hyper aware of 
his status on Bravo and it seems like it really matters to him. So it shocks me that he would, uh, that, that he doesn't realize this is complete jerkiness. Yeah. Just being such a dick to everyone. And but come, I, but come on. Yeah. It's so, it is funny to watch though. It it's is, so funny to watch. It's so funny to watch. And it's so funny to watch like how petty he is with Luke and like he's holding on oh, to this anger. I hate that so much. That is really interesting because we all saw them on their trip to Minnesota. They were all posting on Instagram and I just assumed they all were buddies. And then to find out that they're not and that he He, he lit Luke, the fireworks. I mean, you can't, <laughs> you can't just do that. It, it's for him to act so entitled. Like, well, what else was I supposed to do? They were in my room. It's like maybe I know. Ask. I was like, it's like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, that's hysterical that you're like, you expect me to live with fireworks and not light them? Well, you came to the wrong person, buddy, because I'm always going to light those fireworks. And to me, that's hysterical. Like, are you <laughs> kidding me? That's hysterical. It's wild. And the thing is, they could have lit them together if there was a plan. Like, Luke just doesn't want these fireworks falling on his boat. Like, that was the problem. It was that they were just done recklessly, not that he lit them to begin with. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, it was, it was one of those weird things that I was like, wow, you really want to die on this hill? Like, that's amazing. He seems like someone who wants to die on a lot of hills. And that's, I know. And that's why I'm excited to see, like, I I hope, like, because I know he's going to be on Summer House too. So I'm really excited to see how all of this plays out. Like I'm excited to see because eventually I feel like Craig's going to realize he is not, um, he's not liked, you know? Right. And then he's going to have to take a long, hard look at himself. I think Shep knew he wasn't liked and didn't really care, but I think Craig cares. Yeah, no, I think Craig cares deeply. deeply. And that's what I mean. Uh, and it'll be because right right now we're seeing Austin's apology tour, you know? I always thought the way Craig is acting is how Austin would act. But it seems like Craig is a bigger asshole, at least in terms of around his oh, group of friends. Big time. He, big wait, time. like, I don't think Austin is an asshole. I think he has issues with, like, individual women. He doesn't have a good yeah. track record with women. But, like, as a person in a group together, he doesn't seem like the biggest problem. Oh, I mean, he, but see, that's what these reality shows always work because it's like, it's like even Jen Sean's Salt Lake. She looks good by default. Oh, God. Okay. Let's, let's hop on over to Salt Lake real quick. So, (laughs) what is going through your mind every time Jen is proclaiming her innocence this season? Well, see, this is the weird thing is that it works on so many different levels. It goes, (laughs) what goes through my mind is that they must be doing this in every episode to really give the viewer a gut punch when we all know she's going to change her plea. So it's like watching the movie Titanic. We all know the boat goes down at the end. So now it makes then watching Leo and Kate and falling in love in the movie so much more intense because they know at the end it's not good. So there has to be a reason why they're leaving so much of her proclaiming her innocence in. And that's the point I'm trying to figure out. Are they doing it so they can really 
do a gut punch episode because she's proclaiming it so often and so passionately, but it also then makes you also realize what a true con artist she was and how good she is at it. And I think that's interesting. The scary part is though, I sometimes get nervous for Bravo viewers because a lot of people don't watch in the way that we do where we get what's going on and they take it at face value and they still go, well, Jen has to be innocent. Are you kidding me? She's got to be. Like some people who, you know, plead guilty are innocent. You know, they, they just do it to, you know, because of the system is against them. And I'm like, no, 11 to 14 years in prison is very like pleading guilty and knowing that's what you get. You're guilty. Yeah, I know. Like, like, you're fucking guilty. All the evidence that they had against her, it's so obvious. And the thing is, people are, like, you know, burning Erica Jane at the stake. But she has no criminal, like, anything against her. She's just an asshole about everything. And so people are just angry at her. But with Jen, she's got legitimate charges and indictments. And now a guilty plea entered. And people are still like, ah, she seems kind of fun. (laughs) Like, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Erica Jane was always her own worst enemy. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, even if you want to say, okay, you know, Erica wasn't involved in any of this stuff, it still doesn't, like, she still came off like a complete asshole. So you're more apt to believe that she is a part of all of this stuff. Whereas Jen, uh, it's just, it's insane. I really, I really truly don't know how they're going to do the Jen Shaw stuff. And from what Andy said, it doesn't look like, I mean, it looks like they're cutting ties with they Jen have in to. a lot of how ways. How can you keep ties with someone who pled guilty to these types of charges and who has lied the entire way? I don't know. I mean, this is much more serious than what Teresa was in trouble with. And she was pretty open and honest about Hey, I just signed these things. I wasn't sure what you know I did was wrong. I'm like really sorry about that. I'm gonna take responsibility. She took responsibility. She never kept on proclaiming her innocence throughout, you know. And it was very obvious that it was her husband's, you know, that really did all the worst parts of what they did. Um Well, I think with, also when it comes yeah. to money and when you're coming to living the life that you wanna live, I think there's a lot of blissful ignorance, you know? Like I mean Listen, when you get a gift that's like way too expensive from somebody and it surprises you, you don't go, where did you get the money to pay for this? Like, you're always just like, oh, my God, I can't believe I got this amazing gift. And I feel like that, if anything. And also, you know, of course, in Erica's case, I I always go back to um, this is one of the reasons why you got to marry for love. You know, Mm -hmm. like this is why you got to you can't it's for richer or poorer and sickness and health. You know, you got to marry for the right reasons because you never know when it's going to come back to bite you in the ass, you yep. know, like it has with Erica. And, and and so it's like this weird, I don't know, sometimes it just feels like this weird cautionary tale for, you know, like future Instagram models. Right? I think so. But at least they can make money on their own, their Instagram models, you know? Like, Erica yeah. <laughs> wasn't really making her own money or funding anything on her own. No, not at all. And that's the thing. It's like, we can all, I mean, I just feel like I wish as a Bravo audience, we could all at least agree on a couple of basic things. And one of those being that um, Erica used 
the money funneled from the funneled from Girardi Keys to pay for her, her pop her star career. career. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I mean, like, listen, we she she was she if you go into those records, she was paying to perform at some of these these clubs. I went like, to one they, of the clubs. I went to an yeah. Erica Jane concert. It was 43 minutes beginning to end. No opening oh. act. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you've got to realize, like, this is completely... Re- I mean, that that is, that is so true, actually. Do you remember that time Danny Pellegrino went to the one in Vegas? Yeah. And uh, he was like... There was nobody there, and he was like literally in the back row. Like he was like standing on the floor, and he was just like dancing around in the back. I mean, there were me people so at much. the one I was at. Um, Karen and Giselle came, so we got to see Karen and Giselle. That was hilarious. Giselle drove herself; she parked a block away in her Mini Cooper. That makes sense. I saw we were walking back the same direction, and I was like, "Is that the Mini Cooper I see on the show?" <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, Karen stayed I mean, if, to go backstage. It was so funny. If Bravo were smart, I wish they would put it all together like a Coachella, you know? Oh, my God. Like, to get, like, all, Ashley Darby, Candace yes, to be I, that, like, headline. I mean, listen, even Erica Jane, like, put them Luann, all, all Sheena there. Shea, yes. yeah. They're stronger together than they are apart, you know? Yeah, And I totally. think that's the fallacy, is that they want to believe that that you know that they, they can go out and do it by themselves like no make it like a coachella yeah make it like a bravo con thing you know i i would totally go to an actual like well done concert by all of them for sure i would pay a lot of money for that too <laughs> sad to say <laughs> unfortunately um, they've got they've got you hook line and sinker oh totally i i will spend money on this shit I, it brings me so much joy honestly it's the only time of day that i'm like not thinking about work or the future of our democracy or like what's gonna happen on yeah, tuesday like that's just nonstop what's going on in dc and i don't want to think or talk about it when i'm not at work and so like this is like my escape and it's even like the darkest moments of housewives are brighter than like what goes on in DC. So it's so sad. It's so, so sad, sad, but true. It's so and bad, tr- but so bad. It's good. It's so so it's bad. Good, it's know? good. Um, okay. Got to get some final thoughts. So <laughs> we've got Angie and Chris Harrington and Chris Harrington admits to creating a fake Instagram account, Shaw Exposed. Here is my question. Is the only thing that he did on that account was to have that one comment about Lisa Barlow? Or did he actually post things about Jen? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I remember a couple of Jen Shaw accounts, but that wasn't one of them that I remembered. So I don't know... I wish, I mean, this is where I feel like the Bravo fandom should like hop in and figure this out because I truly don't know. I mean, I feel like he, he must've been going back and forth about a lot of different things, you know, like it doesn't seem like it ended. I don't know. I feel like he, he was like commenting about everything, but if that's the case, I want to see everything, you know, I don't think he was commenting about i think it was like really? that one comment otherwise they would show us well, other I create stuff. a whole 
see, I feel like sometimes they keep that shit away from us, though. And I, I mean, I just want them to let us know everything. That that was everything. It was hilarious, though, watching the look on Meredith and Seth's face when he was like, I wanted yeah. to, you know, <laughs> defend my wife. So I created a fake Instagram account to go after people. I mean, Seth, like, was just I, And I blinking. love that he's like, he's like, I'm, fi- I'm 52. I mean you know i'm I'm ashamed i i apologize (laughs) (laughs) i mean what other people on bravo would actually admit to doing this yeah um not i mean i wish more people did i hope this actually i hope this starts i hope this starts an actual uh avalanche of truth on this network yeah yeah um and then (laughs) Okay, two other things. One is Justin being fired from his job for the love is art scene that he had with Whitney. Yeah. Um, and Whitney making it all about herself. What are your thoughts um, on like Whitney's I, reaction to Justin's firing? It um I mean, well, listen, I thought it was I mean, I thought it was a classic housewife scene and that it was very funny. Um <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was very funny, but also, uh, listen, I mean, I, I, that whole scene was just bizarrely weirdly because like Justin was writing out the Instagram caption and I thought that he, he was like starting to tear up of like, you're one of the good ones if you're still here. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is like intense. And then, you know, Whitney talking about having to pay for their lifestyle and then including as part of that, their kids soccer and I was like, how much is kids soccer going for these days that Whitney's like actually worrying about that as part of their financial obligations? Um, but we also just came from a scene two weeks ago where Whitney talked about her potential abuse as a child. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Justin was right there listening to her. So, I mean, it just seems like a lot is going on in that family. And I'm really curious to see how it all plays out. Um but I, I don't know. It, it, it's it's to me that's it's very housewives, and of course you're going to get in trouble with your company if you're slapping your wife's ass and painting each other with chocolate on national TV in yeah, a I mean, state like, like me, Utah. To me, that's a no brainer, and like right. I'm not even I don't even think I'm employable anywhere. You know, I even think just being on Housewives to begin with would be a reason. L- n- not even like what he's doing on the show. Just being on the show and being related to the show is not something positive for most people who are in business. Yes, exactly. Like, I, mean, I, 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 I think that it, it's completely, uh, yeah, it completely makes sense to me why the company would have to cut ties with him. And I, 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 Justin seems like a really nice dude and I feel bad for him, but I'm like, what did you expect that was going to happen, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like, how is this shocking to you? But, um, exactly. And then the last thing. So Lisa Barlow (laughs) is, uh, focused on the fact that Heather during the reunion accused her of texting Heather after Heather's dad had passed and saying that I hope your dad's feeling better. And Lisa just wants to point out that she sent this text, I hope your dad's feeling better, um, before her dad passed, uh, leaving out the fact that 
her father, that Heather's father, was in hospice. So by definition, he can't be feeling better. Like, (laughs) this was wild to me that she's like, I just want to clear my name and literally not thinking about how this impacts the person who experienced a very significant loss in their family. But no, to me, this is like one of my favorite scenes because it's so classic housewives of like, you know, we're we're arguing about a technicality, but we're still talking about someone's dad dying. And I love I mean, I just I don't know. To me, that was so I mean, it was another one of those really darkly funny moments because Lisa Barlow's like, no, I'm not going to be called a liar when at the end of the day, she's still you know, like. We're talking about somebody's dad who died two days later. It was just, to me, it was classic Lisa Barlow, classic housewives. And I think that's why Lisa Barlow is becoming a legend. She really is. And while I could see that this was like really upsetting to Heather, I don't know how she could expect more from Lisa Barlow. Lisa Barlow has like shown her who she is and she's expecting some sort of like, actual empathy and i don't know that lisa is capable of it she thinks she is but she's she's not which is what makes her like the best kind of villain i mean i feel for heather obviously in this moment it's and but i don't know that lisa tweeting about this is what's causing the damage between heather and her family that's what i don't buy no i think heather's just Heather breathing is causing the problem between her and her family. Right. Heather, I mean, Heather writing a book called Bad Mormon. Heather, I mean, Heather leaning into trying to be a housewife celebrity. I mean, these things are all actually, you know, affecting the overall problem, I think, you know? Right. And then all of this, like with the Twitter, is a byproduct of her leaning into the show. And yeah, totally. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're, not looking to embarrass your parents do not go on a housewife show like there's not one person that i think has ever made that like just looked amazing start to finish on you know it's like you know we always say like the internet comes for everybody one day it's like the housewife shows come for everybody one day one day you know like right now like i love sutton this past season two seasons from now i might hate sutton sutton might might say something so dastardly that i'll have no choice but to you know like you got you run that risk and that's what's so interesting about pop culture and celebrity nowadays than what when i was growing up is that you know it, it, used, to be, it used to be celebrities because you had a skill you could sing you could dance you were a, an amazing actor you were a violinist you know all of these things and now when you're a celebrity just because of who you are then you're gonna get in trouble because all of us are idiots I mean, you know, every one of us listening has done something that somebody else would say, that's flipping horrible. Right. That's and that horrible. we wouldn't want broadcast you know? on TV. Exactly. Right. And that we've hopefully learned from and all of that stuff. But luckily, we didn't have, you know, thousands to millions of people telling us we were horrible. Uh, you know, in the meantime, I was saying just like how uh, about Katie and Schwartz and their upcoming Vanderpump season. Like, you know, when I went through a divorce, thank God I wasn't on a TV show. Thank oh God, God I, it was I only my parents that, that had to yell at me. Like, imagine having to go on Twitter and, like, see a bunch of shit of, like, he should have divorced you or you should have been out there a long time. Like, that would break my heart. And that's, you know, I think that is the the service that they give us 
because we don't want to do it. You know, like, thank God they're doing it. Yeah. We don't want to do it. Right. But it also makes me wonder, like, why do people tag the Bravo celebrities when they're attacking them online? Why can't you just throw it out there? Yeah, the snitch snagging. I, I think I I think I think the people I mean, I, I really don't. I I mean, best case scenario, they're just dumb. Well, that's for we're, snitch tagging, but the people who have it in the original post. Like they're I, then, posting. I, then I, I think, I think they're, I mean, like I, the obvious is obviously they just, they just need attention Yeah. and their life isn't it doing it for them. And I get that, but like be healthy like me and start a podcast instead, you know? <laughs> yeah. Talk shit on a podcast. Don't. I mean, don't... like that's what I do. I mean, like, but also I'm like, I'll say like when I make hard posts about, or when I really hit hard in a uh, Instagram post. I won't tag them in it. I won't. Never. In fact, in fact, if I think it's so harsh, I will block the person that I'm talking about because I don't want them to, to randomly show up on their feed. Like, listen, I'm still going to go. I'm, you know, sometimes, and, and I've, I've, this is lessened as I've gotten more into this, but to me, it was always like the joke was the most important thing. And sometimes then, like, as I've gotten more into this, you realize, well, the feelings and the people attached behind it, you know, you, you start thinking about them more. And it's a really, it's a really delicate balance that I sometimes completely just, you know, just do so bad at, but it is one of those things of like, of course I think about her. Like I was talking to blocked by Jax the other day, um, mm-hmm. Jennifer, that Instagram account. And I said, do you, I said, cause Jennifer, sometimes I feel like will hit harder than I do in her posts. And, and I love it personally because I love laughing at like harsh things. I love celebrity roasts. I love all of that stuff. But I go, do you ever feel bad? And I go, because I feel bad sometimes. I know I'll put something out there and I, I'll feel bad some uh, like a handful of times. And she'll be like, no, I don't feel bad. And I'm like, oh, cool. Okay, good. I mean, like, but that's <laughs> her right. You know, like she's yeah. able to do that. But for me, sometimes I do actually think, okay, well, you know, like, you just want to let these even Bravo lebs know of like, dude, at the end of the day, I'm the biggest loser here, dude. I mean, I'm a middle-aged dude watching these shows. Uh, I'm not living the life. I'm not, you know, this is, I, I take pride in what I do, but like, don't, don't give power to people that you shouldn't give power to. Yeah. But like, at the what same time... I say shouldn't matter. Like right. what, you know, now if, if, if the president said, you know, like, Craig, you're a piece of shit. I might like take that in the like, <laughs> like when Obama heart, called you know? Kanye a jackass. Kanye, <laughs> Kanye, by the way, Kanye never forgot it, did he? No, and he's been proven Kanye, to be a Kanye, jackass Kanye. time and time and time and, again. But also, I, I mean, I have to think that is actually even why we are where we're at with Kanye today mm-hmm. is that one comment. Yeah, he's never you gotten know, over that, it. That, he, I mean, truly. But just like, remember, like we at our hearts, all of us, you know, we are sensitive, sensitive creatures and people that like, I always thought if I, if I could be a millionaire or a multimillionaire, then I would be untouchable. Nothing would hurt me. Nothing would, uh, I wouldn't even need to be on social media. And the reality of that, as I know now, just from studying all of this stuff so much is that it seems like these people need it more now. And the money doesn't bring the happiness and their lives are a mess. And that's why I always tell my audience is like, man, be thankful. These are, these aren't asked. This isn't aspirational anymore. 
you know? Yeah, no, totally. And you see how some people are just miserable regardless of what they have. And some people are happy with nothing. And well, think about, I mean, think about yeah. Bethany Frankel today. Bethany Frankel today announces that she is doing a rewatch podcast. No, of, she did. You didn't see that yet? No. Yes, this is a huge <laughs> news. Oh, go, oh, go on Instagram. We, I've, we all been making memes about it all morning. But like, she announced that she is going to be those. Cla- it's going to be called re- Rewives, I think. Oh, God, uh, rewatch no. the Rewives or something, and it's like. Bethany, choose your lane. You're either ashamed of the housewives or now you want credit for it. Which is it? It's because she failed at everything else. She she hasn't like, made it, it outside of housewives. She is not it, a household name outside of that. But it's just so damn sad because you see, like, dude, look at the humanitarian stuff Bethany Frankel does. Second to none. Look at, like, what we saw. Like, she did sell Skinny Girl. She sold the brand. She made some money. Like, like she, like... That's when you know that none of this is anything what it's cracked up to be. Is that like, wait, you're doing a pot? And you used to make fun of podcasts like this, Bethany. You had a podcast called Be Real and didn't do that well. So now you're going to go try to do get into this realm. And it's like, girl, you've been ripping on this for so long. And I'm sure it'll be a hit. But like, kind of shame on you. Like, how much do you need at one point? And like, so, okay, so you, it's just... That's when you realize it's a problem and these people just have the disease of attention seeking on a whole nother level. I know. It's yeah. And then watching them unable to control themselves on social media is a whole other like can of worms and watching it is just wild to me. Yeah. I mean, you see someone like Andy Cohn and the amount of discipline he has to have when he's asked questions oh. all the time. He never says the like wrong thing about like a housewife, right? He's always like, he's not trying to show favoritism. He's trying to, you know, but he walks such a fine line. Uh, that, and- that's what I, I, I was, I said that on my show last week. I said, you know, Andy gets a lot of unwarranted hate. I feel, I think so when I'm too. like, what he's one of my heroes in terms of hosting um just because think about how many balls he has to have in the air how many different ladies he has to deal with how many egos how like how how he has to like you know like try to turn the mood after a hard line of questioning how he like there are so many things that people don't give him credit for and he does like he tries to give enough dirt without completely annihilate like i'm in a great position right now where i can still say pretty much whatever i want you know, and I heart won't cut it out and I won't like, but it's at some point, if I, you know, if, if I were to become more successful, who knows what happens? Who knows what leash I would be under? Who knows? And, and, but I do look at Andy of like, he makes it look graceful how he's able to handle all of it. Right. And the amount of, like self-discipline he has to have about what he puts out on social media and what he shares about his own life and his opinions on things. It's, and then to have him, like, I bet he is pissed at Lisa Rinna. Absolutely fucking I would hope so. I would hope so. But, you know, I mean, it's one of those things is that I'm sure you play your cards close to the chest and even with those housewives, you know, like it's not, you know, and especially with Lisa Rinna, it's not worth it for Andy to get into an argument with her because she's just going to go run, tell everybody. 
You right. Know? But like, he's, I, I he's setting the record straight, though, on all the crap that she's been pulling in terms of the reunion and the receipts. I mean, he usually doesn't do that. So I feel I like he forced he's... His hand. She forced his hand a little bit. Oh, totally. Um, right. But a lot of times he, he just lets things go. Really, he did it in a really classy way to where he didn't. I mean, I don't think he I, I mean, I listened to that Radio Andy clip and stuff and. He didn't make her seem like an idiot, you know, like he still made it seem like, well, I thought we covered it, but it was already well-worn material. And, you know, we just didn't, you know, and then Lisa, the next day goes, there was a second envelope of receipts too from Aspen. And then he was like, oh, okay. We, you know, like, well, uh, but all those were, were just text messages backing up her text messages to Erica, I think. And I'm just like, how far down the rabbit hole are we going with this? Like, at a certain point, we all have to agree, I don't care anymore. Like, it's like, literally, like, we can't even get people to care about the January 6th committee hearing. <laughs> no, I don't give no. a, I don't, I don't give a shit Shout about from the rooftops. Oh, my God. And yes. by the way, Lisa, Lisa, if there is something, you seem to blab everything else on social media, give us screenshots. Like, give a, give it to us then. Like, I don't, I don't understand what's holding you back because you say every other thought in your damn mind on there it's because there's nothing new she's yeah, already exactly, posted yeah. everything there's nothing new and oh god talking about her just infuriates me um especially because she used to be my like favorite housewife i liked but, her the first couple of seasons yeah i, really I thought did. she I mean, was so I like, funny I like, I it was the three seasons ago is when i started really disliking her because i was like Damn! If if Rinna would give me, would, would have been giving these kind of performances in her acting career, she she could still have an acting career, you know. And then this season was just like, man, this is even just bad acting. Like this isn't even like fun to watch yeah. for me. I know, I know, it's rough. Well, um, <laughs> that note, <laughs> I don't I don't know where to go from here with Lisa Rinna, but. Um, Thank you so much for making time today, especially while you're driving and like best wishes to your mom, Becky Bailey. And um, can you tell everyone where they can find you? Although I'm sure they all listen to your podcast. I think I'm going through a dead zone. Can you hear me? Uh, A little bit. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Sorry. I'm just going through a dead zone. We might need to wrap it up because I think there's a dead zone happening. Yeah. Um, So can you tell everyone where they can find you? Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's called So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. There's tons of episodes, literally tons of episodes. Pick and choose whatever you like, whatever topic interests you. If you want to go any for, even further, go to patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. And there's tons of episodes that have never hit the main feed. And uh, oh, we have also a YouTube channel now. So Bad It's Good. If you want to watch any of the Bravo celebrities uh, and me make goofy faces, go over there and subscribe. And that's it. Thanks for having me. That's, I mean, thank, thanks, thank you guys for existing. Wow, that's a great line. Thank you. Thank you for existing. <laughs> it's okay. I once, um, embarrassingly, when I met Barack Obama, said, thank you for being you. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm very happy to be me. I'm very happy. <laughs> he said the line back to me, and I was just like mortified. <laughs> <laughs> That's like my meeting with Sutton, yeah.
literally didn't like it was like that's the best compliment I could have thought of at the moment and yeah <laughs> so, so uh, audience thank you for existing and Ryan thank you for existing and for, and for, for joining existing. us thank and, you for being you man there you oh go. god <laughs> bringing back memories <laughs> all right um thank you so much and we'll be in touch okay.